Okay, it is nine o'clock at night on my end. Oh, and I'm drinking coffee. Some say that's a bad idea, but I'm used to it. Uh, hang on, one sec. Quick coffee sip. Okay, so um, I believe in my last episode I mentioned that I got uh, special coverage for PAX East Online. Um, that starts tomorrow, but I got a wonderful opportunity here with Dr. Anthony Bean, who reached out to me via email through media contact list. Um, so basically talk about what he does with a little company called Geek Therapeutics. Um, so yeah, my packages online coverage starts now and I picture maybe one or two more extra episodes throughout the week as I look at uh, the live stream panel that go on with PAX's uh, Twitch stream that they have going on all at once. I know I have a couple picked out. I think one one's all about Kingdom Hearts 3, which is great. I'm getting a Kingdom Hearts tattoo, by the way, so that's awesome. Next that's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's my second tattoo. I am so, I'm so excited. <laughs> And then another, and then another panel I took an interest in is the top ten uh, bars in video games. So I was like, "Huh, why the hell not?" So, with that being said, Dr. Anthony Bean, Geek Therapeutics. I went to the website, took a peek at it. I was kind of—I mean, I'm gonna well, let you take the floor and explain it a lot more in depth. So, but I mean, it said off the bat, integrating geek culture into therapy. So like, I'm going to assume we're talking like psychology, like going to a psychologist and like going to therapy appointments and stuff like that. It can definitely be a lot of different things. So as people are obviously listening to this and you and I, we're, we're geeks are kind of what we talk about, right? And in that geekdom, we have a, a lot of love for certain fandoms, maybe not for other ones. I know there's a lot of anime that I am like, I, that's, that's my jam. And there's other animes where I'm like, eh, meh. I'm not really my thing. Um, it, that, that kind of, kind of goes into a, a lot of different uh spheres of what we can utilize it for therapeutic endeavors, whether it's uh, using it for understanding our own personal growth, is it learning to how we relate to to other other people, or is it kind of like how we can utilize it to to understand what we need to about ourselves and and in going through life, uh, different areas. I've I've heard it from a lot of clients uh, before, as I'm a licensed psychologist. I, that anim some anime shows have saved some people's lives, and they very much oh, feel yeah. it at, of that as as a way to to be like I relate to this on some level, and that's that's really where a lot of oh hell yeah geek, geek, therape geek therapeutics are kind of what we what we've kind of done in uh, a lot of different ways, um, and it's it's been a lot of fun um, overall, I would say. Um, what what I mean by that is I have I've been doing this type of stuff for what is it a since about 2008 where I used to in my undergrad I used to run the Dance Dance Revolution Club I actually created it and yeah I know <laughs> okay, it was so, right. it was so fun at the undergrad <laughs> and and we we went and helped create a whole bunch of of different ideas of of who we are what we can do and who we can kind of be. And that was specifically was to kind of do social engagement, community engagement on a lot of lines, a lot of ways. 
and then it's all kind of transformed itself as it's going forward as I've gone through my own uh, clinical aptitude, what do you, whatever you want to kind of call it, the uh, learning education of, of how we can use these things for a lot of benefit. Like we, we talk to a lot of other, other people who may not be familiar with, uh, let's say, um, anime, manga, video games, horse, stuff along those lines. And kind of what's the, the big thing that kind of ha- ended up happening was we realized that they don't have a great understanding of what it means to, to be in the culture um or or anything like that and how how that kind of engages ourselves a little bit so when when we talk to someone when they're like oh anime why are you watching that that doesn't make any sense what is manga we don't even know what this type of stuff is those types of things are are really where a lot of uh, clinicians and other people that we train up before we started uh under the brand name geek therapy like i said we've been doing this for over a decade now and to, to kind of give them an idea of like, how do you work with your clients in this capacity? What do you kind of, what's, um, how, how do you engage them and have them learn more about themselves? And our, our philosophy is always like, you don't have to see each and every game that's out there, but you need to know what the genre is, what's kind of going on with it, um, what's happening in these other areas, if that makes sense. So yeah, that's, that specifically is where a lot of these uh, these trainings and these ideas of of working in geek therapy uh, of geek cultural using them as artifacts to to really help our clients engage themselves a lot. Yeah. So it's it's a yeah. lot of fun. There there's never a a a a moment where we don't have fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and we we really like doing what what we do, and we really like engaging ourselves a lot more in in these different capacities of kind of what we what we can learn about ourselves. And heck, we get to talk about all this cool geekery stuff that doesn't that doesn't matter um, to to the normal clinician. And that that's where we change a lot. Yeah, I I feel so for my own personal history. Um, I mean, I've been told I've been through a lot of lot of traumatic moments and struggles in my own life. Um, I've been told to maybe go to therapy, but I've had such horrible luck with therapists and very bad experiences that at this point in time, I kind of don't want to go back into therapy for a while. And truth be told, like I'm the happiest I've ever been because I had recently gotten a new job. Um, I'm managing to make it on my own, living in my own place, paying all my bills and whatnot. But yeah, with with what you said earlier about you know relating to these fictional characters, I can certainly attest to that because you know I've have grown many of the characters that I have grown to love over the years and obsess over uh, are are people that I can feel I can relate to. Like uh, one such character is. Uh, Dick Grayson, Nightwing, uh, reading mm-hmm. through some of his comic runs, and there were some issues that hit me hard because of like what the character says and what he's like overall. So much to the point that my first tattoo last year was Nightwing symbol. I got it on my arm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. What What do you what What about that specifically? Really, really engaged you? Like 
nightly. Like, I mean, that's that's a big deal to to have that one on on your arm, or or even well, looking um, at these different ideas. Well, I mean, like, I just if we're starting way back, way back. I mean, I was familiar with the character. I loved his outfit, and then like the first time I really got into the character was when. It was that one specific uh, Teen Titans episode way back in the day where they're fighting Dr. White. Starfire gets shot into the future. He, he finds Robin, but it's not Robin. He'd grown up into Nightwing. I was like, oh, my God. That's awesome. And then I just <laughs> and then I just well, then I got addicted to it, reading about him for like his new 52 run, the current Rebirth run and just. The kind of person that he is, he is very um, outgoing, kind, giving individual that I honestly have strived to be that way towards a lot of the friends that I've made, um, mm -hmm. both in cosplay and out of cosplay. Because I've, I've also like certainly a, a, have attested to the fact that cosplay essentially did save my life. And I was, I found it when I was going through very difficult times um, growing up. Um, it especially, it, people say it does get easier with time, but it certainly hasn't for me because I sadly, right. um, well, cause I sadly lost my dad to cancer, um, a couple years back and he was the only one, as far as I could tell, aside from my younger brother, that was, that would, he, he, he would get into this stuff, like to, to get closer to me like he would go to comic-con and like mm -hmm. maybe, well maybe comic-con but like he actually got in like he got to meet all like the cosplay girls that i've gone to friends with and they would all call him the cosplay dad and he actually cosplayed a couple of times and they freaking loved his outfit and so like and we would actually like read comics together like get a poll list going so i pick up some of his issues that he wanted to personally read on his own i'd share with him some of my issues and mm -hmm. um, yeah, comics and cosplay were what uh, connected us. Not so much on the video game spectrum, but he definitely had an appreciation for comics. And you know, going to cons, he would buy. He would. It's just it's just always funny when we would go to comic cons, like New York, especially, where mm -hmm. okay, yeah, we're walking together, we're walking together, and like, you want to split up for a little bit? Like, yeah, sure. So we split up. We go visit. I'll talk to some of the cosplayers I know that are going, that are selling their prints, or I'll just walk around. I go back. We meet up. I see him. When we split up, he's got mostly his um his like little carry on bag. We meet up, and then I see like maybe six different shopping bags. Like, what did you do? <laughs> <laughs> I bought Star Trek ship models. Like, oh, <laughs> so yeah. That, I mean, that's that's an important aspect, and it also kind of you know makes a lot of sense of of what where one of the reasons potentially why you might like uh, the idea of uh, Darkwing or Nightwing. And I keep whenever someone says Nightwing or thing like that, I always go to like Darkwing Duck, and I'm like, oh my god, it's such an underrated <laughs> show um, every time because it's it's just it is it's just a great show. Um, and when 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 kids kind of see it, they 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 go into this this idea of like. Why don't more people know about this? And you're like, I don't know, man. Like it's it's underrated, and so it, it kind of makes sense a lot of, of potentially why that might be one of your your characters from a psychological standpoint. Obviously, if we if we went into the idea of uh, 
of Batman, Bruce Wayne, things along those lines, we would be able to pull out a lot of different things and and understand where where it comes into play for you specifically. And I think that's re- where a lot of these ideas of, of using fandoms, of using these characters, the stories behind them, the ideas of why they matter to people really come into play and come into right. play in a way that are are very meaningful. Um, it's, some people will call it what we call a parasocial relationship, which is a one-way viewing screen. And yes, that exists on that stuff, but there's also something from that narrative journey of, of having different ideas. Uh, I was on a, a call with a reporter today, and she has no clue about geek culture or anything. And I was like, cool, you know, have you ever seen any of the Avengers movies or anything like that? And she's like, well, I have kids, so yeah, yeah, I've seen them. I, I know of them. I'm like, cool, cool. What do you know about Tony Stark and just general ideas? And she goes, well, you know, he's he's Iron Man and, and things like that. I'm like, yeah, really, yeah, you're right. He's Iron Man. I said, what do you know about his his impulses, his PTSD, his alcoholism, his depression, his narcissism, his ideas of, of utilizing the the concept of I where he is a, an ego self access um, where as as you if you just watch the movies that he was in it. Uh, specifically, and this is the easiest way to do it, instead of going and finding the comics and reading the comics and stuff like that. If you just watch the uh, the movies themselves, you'll see him in this beginning not care about anything, and like he has, he's completely driven by his ego, and and that's really what what comes into play a lot um, for him. If you go through that and all the way to the end, you start to see him uh, gravitate and pull himself out of this this idea of his ego is who he is and his self. He starts to separate them. And he does that. And when he separates those ideas, so does the narcissism go in a different way. The, the narcissism goes away because he's able to separate himself, his idea of who he is, from how the public sees him how he is built up as one of the most genius people in the world that's saving the world. Um, and that's just one arc you can work with. And then, like I said, there's the trauma of losing his father. There's the, the PTSD and alcoholism from the comics. There's the, the, uh, another side of, of trauma based on his other types of stories he's had to go through, losing his friends and stuff like that. And there's, there's a whole bunch of other different arcs. And that's, that's just Tony Stark. Like, we're not even talking about Thor and depression yet. We're not even talking about Scarlett Johansson as, as Black Widow and what she does is found family guardians of the galaxy when they're a bunch of misfits who just happen to work together uh collaborates and and do do a fantastic job with with understanding ourselves talks about the concept of what is found family and how do we understand who we are and what we are in a lot of different areas based upon who is around us and so this blew this reporter's mind and she's like i'm don't understand any of this of what you're talking about, but this also seems like this is a, a potentially really important aspect. And so for for Nightwing, for other stuff that's coming into play, there are a lot of cool things that are are used and very useful in in a therapeutic context, but also you don't even have to just use it for therapy. You can use it just because you like the the system or likes the idea of it. It, it has a purpose. It has an idea. It, that's, that's really what we're all about at Geek Therapeutics is what is that? How can we utilize it? How can we grow that? How can sure. we continue to make that who, who you are and make the world a little bit of a better place in the process? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like a lot of the, um, 
you know, you talk about relating to characters, and typically when you mentioned the concept of found family, um, that's kind of been my whole thing at the moment, because I have uh, sadly some strained relationship with some key family member due unfortunate like political and social views and whatnot so i i've gotten into the habit of just basically making all the friends around me like my my family which is another um key point in like that is how nightwing operates with his own found family like his connection to like all the robins he had a different connection to each of them like his his on and off again relationship with barbara gordon and then like I don't know if you well you could probably see in my my profile picture I'm uh, I'm actually cosplaying as um, Prompto Argentum from Final Fantasy 15, and mm -hmm. his character goes through an arc of feeling abandoned and unwanted and having this found family when he's traveling with the main party with the the boy band party <laughs> in Final <laughs> Fantasy 15, um, and like his story really spoke to me as well and then. I was also just, the, yeah, I just grew to love his character, and I was just looking at him, and I was just flipping through his outfit, and I found the one that you're looking at right now, and I'm like, oh, wow, there's not a lot of zippers. I can actually do this. Mm -hmm. I can actually make this cosplay. It's not crazy, because that's what Square Enix likes to do with their designs. Um, so, yeah, with the whole found family, um, oh, what, what, what what's the... Uh, there's there's a what, whole lot what, of different yeah, lot of what, different things we pull from that. Yeah, there's, what are the covenants thicker than water of the womb? That whole saying has applied to me greatly within the last two years. Mm -hmm. And I think that's that's really where a lot of of who we are comes into play and understands what we what we need to do. And that's that's really what we're doing is we're teaching people how to engage these types of ideas and how to help them their clients out yeah um so you guys position yourselves as you you overall cover lots of aspects in the geek um pop culture universe so to speak and so i have a gut feeling that like the other um consultants or clients that you have on board mm -hmm. they've all got their special niche their specialty geek outlet that they either market themselves as or if they have a client um that happens to like the same thing they're like oh this is great this is like my wheelhouse so to speak so um with that in mind um what's your specialty what's what's your Ooh. favorite favorite geekdom area uh, it has to be video games. So I've I've written four books now, um, and the the first one that I wrote was working with uh, video gamers, a clinician's guide uh, from an archetypal inf infrastructure. Um, so when what we tend to do on that is, I tend to talk to a lot of video gamers, and my practice is filled up with a lot of video gamers. And we, we hone in on why do they chose the character? How deep the talent tree is? Why did they choose to go Paragon? I'm using some some different uh, video games. I'm going to merge them all together here. Why did they go Renegade over Paragon? Or why did they choose a certain path of arc of their storyline of it? And when we play the games themselves, they also we also project ourselves onto the character a lot. And, and that is, is a massive massive uh, thing that kind of comes into play a lot yeah 
So that that's my main one. I also do a, a lot of other things um, as well, uh, such as anime is another big one. I uh, DTRPGs has been 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 big. The uh, what is the right way of putting it? Um, fan fiction writing stuff along those lines have been really really beneficial. Um, for for a lot of different ideas of, of who I am and also who my my clients are as well. Right. And so I, I tend to work in uh, all of the geekdom realms depending on kind of what is coming into play. Sure. But I also I also really like to uh, explore different things with, with other people. Right. So, I mean, it, it really kind of depends on what I what people want to, to kind of do and how they want to come on in to understand who they are. Yeah, exactly. Um, has there been, um, so when you started, did you just include every facet of geek right out the gate or were you slowly progressing? Like, all right, let's start with introducing video games. Okay, now let's add comic to the mess. Let's add Dungeons and Dragons. Let's add board games. Did you do it all out of the gate, or so we we did it kind of all out of the gate? And but what we did is we did uh, what we call a systematic analysis, and what that t- tends to mean is we uh, go and um, we look at overall geekdom. We're like, what are the main facets of this? So we've got comics, we've got superheroes, video games, anime slash manga. Comics fall under the superheroes. We have D&D, TTRPGs. Um, RPGs are becoming very, very big lately. All of those different types of, of ideas are are coming into play. And so we had to go in and hone in on, like, what are these overall broad categories? And that's that's where we, we went out with the gate. And we're like, cool, we've identified all of these broad categories. Now, where do we go from here? It's like we now need to start filling some of those categories with different uh, different aspects of who, what people can use, what they can kind of do in um, in everything else as well. So yeah, that that's kind of where we ended up going in uh, overall with it, and I think that's that is it's basically served us pretty pretty well, I think. Um, overall. Yeah, yeah. I'm slightly sidetracked a bit. Um, so have you... Well, I'm going to... Oh, yeah, for sure. You've done panels at previous packs before? We're doing one tomorrow night for, for packs online. Oh, great. Yeah. That's yeah, we, we're, we're usually at all of the, the packs and, and everything else along those lines. So we're generally there um every time and we we have a lot of fun i'm not gonna lie when when i would say like there's there's a lot of cool things that that come into play when we we come to them and so we we generally talk about a lot of these different things of of who we are and what we can can kind of become uh going through them all and so when to kind of give you an idea, like we we've done stuff uh, for panels for clinicians, we've done stuff for for people. To uh, one of the fun ones that we really really like to do, actually, is um, a geek Jeopardy, and that's what we're doing tomorrow night. And I know it's it's so much fun, and so we we have three guests, which are really really going to be a lot of fun to to kind of be there. Um, but man, 
it is it's gonna be a wild ride with some of the stuff that's that's gonna be coming down with them. Um, uh, so like say for instance, uh, we have Satine Phoenix's husband who's coming on in to play with us, and we're like, oh man, we're gonna we're gonna give you it, we're gonna give you some hard ones, dude. Um, he's like, no, no, there's nothing you can't do. And I was like, all right, man, <laughs> just wait. Your funeral. <laughs> you just wait, man. You just wait. Um, but we we have uh, a lot of people who. We like to come on in and, and do these types of, of ideas. And, and we really love just interacting with uh, the geek uh, community on, on a lot of levels. Sure. And, and so for me, it's really about how do, how do we understand ourselves and how can we engage everyone um, a little bit differently? Yeah. So the reason why I have mentioned this, so I'm just going to do a quick, did you do a panel at PAX Online last year that was about Final Fantasy? Psychology of Final Fantasy, yeah. I knew it. I was like, yep. I'm, looking, I'm staring at your name. I'm staring at your face like, why have I seen him before? Surprisingly, like, oh, shit. I was actually attended slash watched that panel. Holy crap. <laughs> yep. You, it's, it's kind of funny wow. how, that, how that kind of happens, huh? Wow. Okay. We we I, actually I we, thoroughly enjoyed that panel, by the way. <laughs> that one that one was a lot of fun, and uh, so one of my good friends, Dr. Ryan Kelly, he's running the Geek Jeopardy with me tomorrow night, and so I'm I'm super excited uh, about this, and uh, of kind of where where it's going to take us. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Geek game shows, interesting format, being it online. So that's got to be mm -hmm. that's got to be quite a hurdle. It's uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Oh, I bet. Is it yeah. is it being held at night? It is. Yes, it's All gonna right. be. Um, what is it? I think it's ten. I think it's ten o'clock your time, Eastern Standard Time tomorrow night. Ugh. Yeah, ten to eleven. But it's it's gonna be a wild ride. I'll I'll try to see if I can pop into it because I think I have a panel. I think the top 10 bars of gaming is at 9, 9.15-ish, so I want to check that out, see what it's all about, but I'll try to see if I can pop by to that one, too. Um, yeah, please do. Yeah. Yeah, you've got all these, like, informative sections on your website. Um, when I saw the word podcast, I was like, ooh, so, and then I went a little bit more deep into that, so you run a podcast. Um I run a couple different different ones and where we basically what we do is a therapeutic game master program which teaches you to be a therapeutic gm okay um, we we host them on our twitch channel uh so people can learn new systems like everyone loves dnd we've all played dnd but the question becomes what is the the thing that we're trying to understand a little bit more about ourselves and why we want to play these other games and what other games are out there besides them that can be therapeutic or or also um you know a good a good sense of, of who we are and what we can kind of do so the the idea of of that is we take those we put them on our youtube after we clean them up a little bit then we download the audio we put them up as a podcast because a lot of people have asked them for podcasts so they, as they're driving to work or they're going on trips they can uh go and make sure that they uh have the time to listen to them yeah and then i see you also have the ley line podcast so that's one that you host 
Mm-hmm. That's one one that we host. That one is just starting, and we're we're starting to gear up for that one. We did a Twitch stream a couple weeks ago, uh, more talking about the idea of gender discrimination in, in games, and we had some wonderful uh, panelists. And so yep. that one's going to be going up uh, as well as soon as it goes live as one of our premieres on YouTube. Uh, if you go to our YouTube, you'll see that like we have videos premiering all the way to the end of August right now. And they'll, yeah, they'll they'll just continue to be more. But uh, there, there's also like geek inclined meditations on there for people. There's a whole bunch of really cool things that that people can can really understand and kind of get to you know know who they are a little bit more too. Yeah, and then, like, I was just taking a peek through some of the um, certifications that you have, and I'm very interested to see in something that certainly had gotten a lot of attention, I think within this year and the past year due to the pandemic, but you got a <laughs> a streamer's mental health kit? We do, yeah. We Is created a, a streamer's mental health kit for, for streamers so they don't feel like they have... Um, they have to go a little long. That, that goes more into that parasocial relationships um, yeah. ideas of, of who... of kind of what it is, so... Yeah. Is that one of your like newer offering? Because it it sounds it's I mean, about it's, it's not. I mean, it came out last November. Oh, so it is fairly new. Yeah, it's, it's fairly new. Yeah, and yeah. It, okay. it has it has a whole bunch of different things that are in it too. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is just scrolling through. Yeah, you got a lot to offer, and it's really ah, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I want. It's it's diverse. I, 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 it's kind of di- what we're diverse, for. maybe like a breath of fresh air, so to speak, for allowing you know people into pop culture to have a way to help, like, make themselves better and just to help develop themselves and understand themselves more for sure. Mm-hmm. And that's that's really what we're kind of all about. Is yeah. if there if there is something else that could kind of come into play, what what would it be? You know. Like how right. how would it kind of be in uh, in general? How would we get into an idea of of what we can do to help other people and engage these things? But also, it it takes away a lot of the the ideas of just because you know you're a geek or you like this type of fandom doesn't mean that you need to be ostracized or anything along those lines. Yeah. You, you very much are a, a part of the, the continuum and also a, a very important part of the continuum where it, it's important that you matter and the things that you want to do will matter. Heck, if you want to have Captain Kirk and uh, Captain Picard become lovers in fan fiction, by all means, let's do it. Let's talk about it. <laughs> Does this give you? <laughs> I, I mean, there's there's no har, no bar holds on a lot of these things, right? And yeah. that's that's what makes it special, and also super important to to kind of have people have the options to to kind of know what we what we can be, what we can't be. You know, yeah. That's that's what it comes down to. And I think it also helps, you know, being as specific as you are throughout your various. Um, your various other consultants and whatnot, because I know for me, um, in my past therapy session that I've been to, um, it can be a little bit um, awkward in yeah. trying to get the conversation going and trying to open up. Like I'm very, I certainly have gotten better at being 
more outgoing and less shy, but still, it's just like, because a lot of the, like, you know, sometimes in these therapy sessions, like, gaming would come up, but it's just very rarely. I, I just feel that has to be a, a giant sigh of relief for people when they come to you if they need help. It is, and they they feel accepted. They feel like they're they're yeah. wanted, and they they matter. And that's that's really what we are always trying to uh, to do with with a lot of these uh, ideas of of how how do we get in, into understanding why they want to do this. And let's let's explore it. There's there's no problems with it. You know, there's there's not an issue with kind of knowing what we have to what we can do and what we can't do going forward. There's, there's no problem with that. Yeah. And it just, you know, just like breaking that awkward silence or like that awkward stigma that there is around therapy just to make it more fun and acceptable for everyone that feels like they might need it. Yeah. And that's, that's really what we're, we're trying to do with when we engage our clients this way is how can we get an idea of what, what their needs are based upon what they're kind of doing. Yeah. So steering away from geek therapeutics a little bit, I want to dive in a little bit more about you specifically. Um, so you've been to very, I, I mean, post, not post, pre-COVID and all that, you've been to conventions. Um, had there been a favorite type of convention? Like, do you mostly prefer, like, the PAX gaming convention out of everything else, or...? I actually like all conventions. I'm I'm kind of weird like that. <laughs> is is uh, I like everything because you you can never not go to a a convention and and not know what you're getting yourself into in, in a way. And they all have their own uniqueness of of kind of what what they have what they're doing and what they can kind of give to you to people. Right. And so for for me, it's always about what is the the thing that they they very much would want to uh, every every con has its own uniqueness. Pax is great because it has a lot of of opportunities to I uh, right way of of phrasing it to to kind of engage with a lot of different types of communities, but also sure. uh, understand what we what we have to do. You know. Yeah. And so for for me, it's always a an important um, idea to to know where do we go from here and what we can do with at Paxes with video games with uh, some indie games and things like that. But you go to Acon, you go to Dragon Con, you go to Gen Con, some of these other ones, and they have a whole different types of of flavor to them. Flavor and vibe. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. And, and that's really what is a fantastic way of doing it, you know? Absolutely. Is there, okay, on that note, is there one specific con that you haven't been to that you would love to go to at some point? Uh, or have San you Diego been to Comic -Con. San Diego Comic-Con. Okay, all right. Yeah, same here. That's the one that uh, is really hard to get into. So. Yeah, it is. Just a bucket with. Let me go once. I've been in New York. Some say that New York's gotten bigger than San Diego. I believe it. Mm -hmm. but, yeah, just let me go to the OG Comic-Con for one and see what it's like. It's probably horrible, 
with crowds. <laughs> it, it is, but it, there, there's also a lot of a lot of fun things to to be able to get to do there. Yeah, you know, and that's that's really what what comes into play is what can we do there? What's a different type of of idea where we get to be a geek in a different way? Yeah. I know, like, for me personally, I, oh, excuse me, I've tried, and I'm just very um, uh, hit or miss with anime. Like, I just, oh, I feel like a lot of my cosplay friends, they're huge into anime and making anime cosplays, and I'm just sitting there watching their tweets going, huh, I can't, I, I just can't get into it. Like, I've tried, and it just, I don't. Yeah, very rarely do I watch a full anime series in one fell swoop. Like it's just comics and gaming are my go-to's. Like, like I'll have so like I'll have one. Both of my arms will be covered in a tattoo that symbolizes my love for gaming, my love for comics. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is about anime that I just can't get into. I'm not really. I, you know, it might be the the right. I either find the right one or. Or who knows what it is, you know? I mean, it could be a yeah. whole bunch of different things. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So that's that's really what comes down to understanding what what our needs are and kind of what we have to do. Like, yeah. that's, that's just it. That just is what it is. It's not yeah. the end of the world, but it, it takes a it takes a lot of a lot of fun. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. We we also and just uh, on kind of sideways like one of the big things that we we actually ventured into this round uh, this year uh, was merch and so like we have okay. leather leather dice towers octagon rollers we we're actually about to announce in the next couple of weeks a Kickstarter we're going to be doing on uh, on what we call our pouches of potentials it's kind of like a play on words with um, from. What do you call it? Uh, the bag of holding, but obviously bag of holding is copyrighted. You can't do this. We, we have our pouches of potential. And our, <laughs> our pouches of potential are, are going to be really, really good. I got I have uh, samples made and everything already, and they are just fantastic. And they're, we're going to do a Kickstarter for them. They're already ordered and everything, but we figured we like the community so much. Why don't we do a Kickstarter for this? And we have, I think, 45 different add-ons that people can can choose to do, which are yeah, yeah. like, we're talking about 20 different sets of gemstone dice, which you'll be able to get cheaper and less expensive than at other places during the Kickstarter. There's a whole bunch of things that are are gonna be in there. So if, if people wanna get in on that, then that's that's really what they're gonna be able to to do because it's it's gonna blow up. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, actually, <laughs> I'm actually kind of slightly scared about how much it's potentially going to uh, to blow up. Uh, it's, good, it's good to have that sort of like somewhat fear, but then also the amount of confidence you're showing right now. That's that's good to see. Yeah, it's like just, uh, it's uh, a little bit of a, a scary scary thing because I'm I'm really good about doing a lot of things, but this will be my first uh, Kickstarter, and so we are are basically being like cool, you know, like. Uh, What's what's gonna happen here? Um, <laughs> and, and and if is it gonna get out of control? Because a lot of our our stuff is um, basically 
uh, it's just going to be less less expensive overall. Uh, it, it's just going to be nuts. Like sure, ice, yeah. we're talking lice, de, de, uh, leather dice towers, octagon dice vaults, long dice vaults. Where we're talking about a whole bunch of different things that we're just having custom made for for a lot of people. Yeah, and if people are going to be able to do a lot of cool stuff um, and be able to to kind of get it there. So, but I mean, it's also. Uh, you know, <laughs> it takes takes a lot of a lot of it, it time to to get there, and um, it's it's going to be great. Uh, like I have most of the samples that have come in already, and my staff are like, "Oh my gosh, when does this go live?" And I said, "Like it went later. Don't don't worry about that." Like we're still working on a couple of minor things. When does this go live? Can I steal some now? <laughs> it's it's kind of kind of like that because I mean, like, you know, like gemstone dice and things like that. Like people are selling them for like a hundred and twenty bucks a set. Oh and my god! Like, like that's insane. Like why why are they that expensive? We we don't know. And so we are we're having a lot of uh, our stuff sell for. Uh, like we'll have a set of dragon dice too, which will be metal dragon dice, which are larger than the the regular sets uh so but they're heavy and they're they're fun and uh but i mean like those will go for like 35 bucks in like the gemstone dice like you want something in um obsidian with rainbow font cool we we we've managed to to make it so it'll only cost about 70 bucks for the set that's a 50 dollar discount for people and it's going to come with its own little special case that'll come with it uh it won't be hard case but it'll still be a uh, you know a good a good case for people and it's like we can do these things less expensive for people and they're fun we should both be having fun to this and if you know you want that uh um you want it to be fun let's make that happen you know yeah yeah Dun dungeon drag is another thing i'm very i mean i know what it is but I've, I've never i've never done a dungeon and dragon game in my life I was not aware of how popular custom-made dices are at conventions when I would walk around and see, like, these vendors and booths seeing or, you know, selling custom dice. Like, oh, wow, these are actually a thing. I was not aware. It's it's a pretty big a pretty big deal um, to see them come into play. Like, I have a set of... Um, they're packed away right now because we're in the middle of a couple things, but basically they um the bloodstone and they're beautiful like they're sh polished they're shiny they're great but some of these ones that we're having come here are like tiger eye uh in like five different colors we have amethyst coming in like purple uh white and a couple other ones i mean they're just beautiful and it's like we can serve a purpose to to kind of everyone else on this yeah that's great I am a sucker for shiny things. Ah, well, when we get there, you'll you'll see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you'll you'll see because we we have a whole bunch of of things coming. Uh, like a D twenty uh, stress ball, we are having made as well. <laughs> uh, yep. Uh, it, clever. It, yep. I've, yep. I've used I've used them in in therapy sessions. They used to used to be able to find them places. Then then people stopped making them, and I was like, why did we stop making them? They're like one of the best therapeutic tools ever. Like. Yeah. They're there for squishing, and then if you're like, I need to roll on this decision, you roll, and you're like, cool, I got a three. If clearly, this is I shouldn't be making this decision right now. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and I think that that's that's really what kind of comes in, into into play. For sure, for sure. Um, so I'm actually scrolling through like the many books that you've helped written or written by yourself. Um, is there a particular favorite book that you've written? So like I'm looking at like the psychology of Final Fantasy, the psychology of Zelda, uh, game therapy card deck, therapeutic practice. Like, did you have like a personal favorite that you found that was that you really got into it and you could you just knew it was easy to write about uh so that would definitely be the psychology of zelda um okay. and that, that's my ultimate favorite game and that was my first foray into non-academic writing and it was fantastic yeah, <laughs> and yeah. i really 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 loved that one um, a lot, and so it's it really much honed in on on different ideas and the the idea of why I really loved uh, the game itself. And I think that for a lot of people, they they very much felt the the same way. And that's that's definitely there. But then I also have like that the Geek Therapy card deck that we just had come out. That thing has been taking off in the best really? way possible. Yes. People have been writing in. They're like, "Oh my god, thank you for doing this." I've had clients who are geeks and who aren't geeks. They're like, "We spent an entire session just talking about a card and why it was important um, overall to to who they are, where their own personal development and everything else." And I'm like, "You know, we're we're doing everything we can here. We're trying to to do as much as possible." Which even led us to to create that dungeon uh, master journal um, overall. Yeah. Uh, like the the game master's dungeon journal, it's it's a simple one that helps guide you through uh, ten to twelve sessions of, of what we call story arc in in D and D or a different one, and that's that's kind of how how it goes. Is like that's things that we we specifically need in a lot of different ways. Not everyone is gonna uh, need it, but you know what? There are some people out there that are like, holy cow, like this is the best thing ever let me let me use this someone's gonna find something that they hook on to so and that's that's what we're trying to do is like that's literally literally what we're just trying to do it's trying to be like cool some people are going to use them not everyone is going to and that's okay that's not the end of the world yeah (laughs) well then slightly related since you said this Zelda was your favorite game franchise um do you have a particular favorite Zelda game out of the Ocarina of Time it's the first one that I got into so much trouble for growing up. And really? Oh, it, what'd you do? <laughs> oh, I, I would play it for hours upon hours. Um, and my parents would find out, and they were like, you need to do all this other stuff, blah, blah, blah. I was like, but man, this journey, this whole thing is is amazing, and I need to I need to know how to, to kind of do this a little bit more. So yeah, I just kept on, kept on going that way. So. Yeah. Wind Waker got to be mine. That was oh, the first, that's a good one. That was the yeah. first Zelda I ever beat. Because my 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 story with Zelda was that I hated it when I was a kid because my whole thing was my first game that I got when I was a kid was the Game Boy Color. And ah. I got two games for it. I got Pokemon Blue and Link's Awakening. I did not know what the heck to do in Link's Awakening. It was too hard for my six-year-old brain. And I was like, I just associated Zelda with Zelda's too hard. My brain can't handle it. And then I wanted to give it a shot, so I picked up I picked up a copy of Zelda: Wind Waker on the GameCube, and then just fell in love with it. And then that was the first one I ever beat. 
So then that was that's still my favorite one to this day. It's it's a great one to to have, um, and I think that uh, it's it is a solid choice on a lot of levels. And then like what was the one that they they released it right around my my daughter was born on September twenty first. And they just released one back in 19. Um, and I'm forgetting the the name of it. Link's Awakening. That's it. And yeah, yeah, that was the re- game, the Game Boy one that I got. Yeah, yeah. And then, but they released it for the uh, Switch. And so I was I was playing that as she was like, oh, the remake. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah okay, the remake, okay. Which was a lot of fun. Um, and I, I, when she was born, she was sleeping on me, and I was just sitting there playing this as my wife slept because obviously labor takes a lot out of you, and sure. um, and so she would, a little girl would just sleep on me, and I would just play this game. <laughs> it was such a lot of fun. Oh, that's beautiful. Are you excited for Breath of the Wild too? The most excited. Any 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 theories on what's gonna happen? Are you are you are you just as clueless as everybody else? I feel like the way that they did some certain things is it almost seems like they're trying to make Breath of the Wild um, into before Skyward Sword, and so to me, from looking at the videos and some of the other stuff, I'm wondering if they're going to make it go that route if that makes sense like the the idea of where skyloft was thrust up into the clouds um instead of of there and obviously you played skyward sword you know you come on back down at some point but it almost it seems like what are they going to do are they going to make this similar are they going to have that happen that way like i'm really excited and i'm going to play and i'm going to pre-order it and buy it and all that good stuff <laughs> i think i'm going to pre-order it doesn't it matter i mean it doesn't matter what i think at all it just that's it's, it's going to happen yeah, no, because, I mean, they, they've stated, like, in their E3 Direct that they won't reveal the title or the subtitle because it'll give away what it's going to be about. Like, really, it's going to be that literal. Huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy, oh, boy. And then you got all the thirsty people, like, let me play a rehydrated Ganon. Like, oh, really? Yeah. You think about that theory? <laughs> <laughs> I'm super excited about it, so. Yeah. It's going to be great. The only game I pre-ordered from E3 was the next Mario Party game that they're doing. I'm like, I'm ready to ruin from friendship back when I was a kid on the M64 days. Let's go. <laughs> they will always be, continue to do that, which is what I'm really happy about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, is there anything else you want to mention just like about Geek Therapeutic to get like the audience thinking or what well, I mean, the, the, the audience know about the, the biggest thing I would probably say is that we are growing exponentially. And if you, if someone sees a, um, a therapist, and they don't need to know it. They need to really point the therapist to us to be like, you need to go and take these trainings <laughs> because they need to be there. But we are the, the leader in training people on this stuff of, of knowing what we have to to do and where we can kind of go with a lot of different um, other ideas of how we can use geek cultural artifacts to to better ourselves and to know who, who we are. Yeah. I honestly think that's a 
perfect place to sound off on. Because um, I don't think I have anything else to say or ask. Because you did a wonderful job explaining it. So that it made a lot more sense to hopefully the audience and to me especially. Um, and then you know, just learning about what you guys are doing is, is very... It, it is needed. Because I think... You know, there's all this stigma with being a nerd and, like, getting, like, picked on back in the day and just having your own struggles with trying to express themselves and learn about what the kind of person that they are. And I think you guys do help with that, which is mm -hmm. something that's very neat, and I applaud you for that greatly. Well, we appreciate that. I mean, we're just trying to make the world a better place. Yeah. So with that being said... Um, I mean, aside from the website, where else could they go if they want to learn more about uh, Geek Therapeutics? They can go and find us on any social media, and I encourage you to like us on Facebook because that's where we'll do this massive announce announcement of this uh, Kickstarter we're going to be doing. And it will um, it'll be a phenomenal time, <laughs> to, say, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah, and uh, be sure if you're able to uh, tune into the Jeopardy game show that they've got going on at PAX Online. Kick yep. off tomorrow. It'll be a blast, that's yeah. for sure. And I hope you guys will stay tuned for my upcoming uh, coverage on the con, and I hope if you're attending virtually, uh, you're able to find something that you enjoy. And um, so, again, thank you so, so much. Dr. Anthony Bean for being on the show um, and just talking with me. This was great. This was fantastic. Absolutely. I think that it's a, it's a good good thing that we're all kind of doing this, and I hope everyone stays geeky. Stay geeky. <laughs> all right. Tune in for the next episode, and I'll catch you guys later.